All right, we're in. Base Street Podcast, episode one or two. I'm Craig Harriman. I'm with Rowan Bray. Rowan, what's going on? I'm good, buddy. How are you? What's going on? Um, yeah, I'm good, man. How are you? I was wondering what you answered this time because uh, last day you had Jordan on and you were like, he said, oh, I'm good, mate. How are you? And you're like, okay, guys, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because then you had a lot of questions, so I didn't want to like waste my... That was a shit question. Like, how are you? I was like, I'm uh, not going to answer that. I'll worry about that later. Shit one. But generally, how are you? How's things? Shit question now, so... No, I'm, I'm actually generally. I'm yeah, yeah, no, good, yeah, good. How you All doing? is good. Um, I've just done a. Nothing. I just did the base workout this morning. Rowan coaches through it. Was a very enjoyable session. It was a fun one to watch. I don't know what it'd have been as fun to do, but the seven a.m. is a good crack, eh? Good fun. I enjoyed those guys. Yeah, even though like they're a bit of some of them are idiots, but it's good crack. <laughs> I enjoy them. I do enjoy those guys. So I um I always wonder. And I'm, it's mostly Jar Hajj, is how it takes him so long to put his shit away. Like, I know, like, we get you got to spray it and wipe it and clear it all the way, but I look, literally every other person in the room has put their bar away and Joe's still lying on the floor. What are you doing, man? That's a common theme in the seven. Yeah. I think Jay, Jay's another notorious slow cleaner. But that's Joe's so, Jay's so strong, so he's got to put a lot of weight. So oh, okay. Joe doesn't have Joe's an excuse. Joe's not strong, he hasn't got that excuse. Um, what we're going to talk to you about today a little bit is. Um, is zone two training specifically, but just kind of around training zones and aerobic stuff. I know Rowan's been diving into this a little bit more as he's become an endurance athlete. Well, he did for a little bit, and then all the, the races devils. got cancelled, so now he's a CrossFitter again, which has been fun to watch him getting back into that. I'm just bitching about so his legs are all the time. But um, yeah, so Rowan's an endurance athlete, Suedo, endurance athlete. So we're going to talk a little bit about training zones, and it always frustrates me when we program like easy aerobic stuff, me particularly, and people do it hard and I'm like <sighs> so I figured we'd well, I'm sure we spoke about this before but I figured we'd just put some reason in as to why we do zone 2 training the benefits of zone 2 training why it's so important to do if you want to be a, uh, if you want to get fitter and you want to be a better athlete and then hopefully people will pay attention to it and then actually adhere to the zone 2-ness if they understand what's going on and the benefits behind it maybe well and again I just want to point out that we are not experts and we're just going to brush the surface and keep this as kind of pretty general just because there's some very basic benefits to it you can go down the whole the physiology as to why and the like I made some notes on mitochondrial density and all this type of stuff which is maybe it will be beneficial for you guys to understand the actual science behind it because you might buy into it a bit more but we won't go that deep in it today we'll keep it kind of general so it's easy to digest and hopefully more believable so mm. Rowan hit me benefits <laughs> of zone 2 training I think probably a better idea if we start with like the zones so zones 1 to 5 and what they are and Sick. and uh, just give people a bit of an idea and as well let's do that and then talk about how you find out which zones are what oh, okay, there's yeah. a lot of different wearables different ways to do it yeah, yeah. alright so go on kick us off uh, so we training got zone zones. 1 is which is like you know just faster than a walk whereas you're just barely exercising you're going from like normal day life to pushing in towards exercise that's your kind of zone one pace so would you say that if you uh let's say you turn up to the gym and before you start your warm-up you're not in zone one yet no no you turn up and you're like zone zero and you yeah. start warming up and you move into zone one an easy warm-up would be like zone one yeah yeah uh your zone two is also supposed to be feeling very easy yeah uh, abnormally easy which is why people usually tend to think they're in zone 2 and push into zone 3 because zone 3 is also pretty mm. pretty easy but then it feels like you're actually doing work in zone 3 yep. so the difference between zone 2 is zone 2 is really easy and then zone 3 is where you feel like okay I'm going easy but I'm still doing a workout mm. uh, so that's zone 3 zone 4 then is like 
in around your lactic threshold so like paces you can hold for like 20 to 30 minutes so hard push for 20 30 minutes something in and around there so that'd be like a i guess not i was gonna say like a maybe a a three to five k run maybe yeah but you probably uh, if you if you weren't doing time trial you probably do like a a hard-ish jog for that amount of time yeah yeah so yeah so in and around where your lactic threshold pace is so the pace that you start to build up lactic threshold at uh, or lactate lactate in the muscle at a substantial level okay and that's your limiting factor so that gets you to 20 30 minutes and then you cannot get rid of that fast enough and your muscles start aching and paining and giving out you and telling you you need to slow down okay and then your zone five would be like anywhere from like a 30 second sprint to like eight minute effort okay so that's a really hard effort so really short intense hard efforts and then a common way that this is like visually drawn out is like zone one is kind of 50 to 60 percent of your heart rate or effort if it's an rpe mm. zone two would be 60 to 70 70 80 80 to 90 and zone five would be 90 to 100 percent effort or heart rate yeah of your max heart rate and i think that's where it comes into how you can measure it because again when you say zone two is really easy, people up and go, oh, this is too easy. It can't be doing any benefit to me. It's, I'm not working fast enough. I can still talk. I'm not really sweating that much yet. And it feels very easy. So I should go harder than this. Whereas if you have a wearable, you've got your whoop band on or you've got a watch on or some sort of heart rate tracker. Mm. And all heart rate trackers are different as well. And heart rate tracking is kind of, I so I've noticed something recently. This is a bit of a tangent, but I've noticed something recently. I've been wearing my Garmin and my Whoop and looking at the heart at the oh, same time oh, just to oh. compare. Yeah. And the longer you do it for, the closer they sync up. So to start with, they're like 20 beats off, which is a mm. massive discrepancy across 100 to 130 beats. It's a big difference, 20 beats. But the longer you do it for, the more they sync up. And I think it's to do with your heart rate kind of becoming more regular and be more consistent whereas when it starts you're going up and there's less variability when once Mm. you go on and i think it has something to do with the fact that so heart rate using tracking your heart rate to determine which heart rate zone you're in is something that a lot of people have access to if you've got a whoop a fitbit a garmin like something pretty simple it's very easily accessible technology but the problem with the heart rate tracking devices are the accuracy of them and the timing i think there's a lag so Mm. if you were, for example, to use something much more sophisticated like a blood oxygen saturation infrared device, you'd be able to tell immediately how much of that oxygen you have used up in your body so you can determine which fuel source you're using and therefore determine which heart rate zone or which zone you're working at. Yeah. Versus the heart rate, it takes a while for the body to actual to go oh i've used that fuel up i have to create more fuel. how do i do that by increasing my heart rate okay now i'm at that and by that point you're five minutes into the workout already and so it's a bit of and a it's delay. only just catching up right so i get asked all the time what's more accurate zoo uh garmin or whoop yeah um, i think that's my reason to say like i think they're pretty similar as a wrist wearable yeah. um obviously a heart rate strap is is more accurate but i think as a wrist wearable they're pretty, they're pretty similar which like, is do you remember tonight. when we did that uh 50 cal assault bike yeah I think I was dead for like 20 minutes yeah. and I absolutely ruined my life and my whoop didn't track anything. But then the, with the whoop... Said I didn't even do any exercise and I nearly died. With with the whoop, the uh, um, it, it measures aerobic... Yeah, uh, really well. Uh, well, it measures aerobic or what's it, what's it... I can't remember the term it uses, but it's like... It's literally just testing aerobic work. So that's only how long your heart rate was above like zone one yeah so yeah. your heart rate is above 120 for more than like f- seven to ten minutes yeah 
then it will start to register an exercise. If mm. you get your heart rate up to 200, but it's only there for two minutes and comes back down to below 100, it won't catch it. Yeah. And I get all the time people That's are like, oh, yeah, my whoop doesn't pick up my activity. It was just like, you probably don't have your heart rate high enough for long enough. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And why, like, a strain going um, for, like, a, a one-hour walk, you'll strain higher than if you did Fran. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because three, four minutes of going really high doesn't register it as much. So, anyway, so that's whoop. Whoop versus Garmin. <laughs> Back to our actual subject, zone, zone training. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they're the zones, one through five different ways to determine you've got a heart rate mm. monitor you can have a perceived exertion which is obviously less accurate and the other way i think it was you mentioned this would be to you if you're doing especially machine-based stuff or running use paces yeah so you can use okay i know my uh like my 10 minute bike average rpm is 64 so i'm gonna stay at 60 percent of that for 10 minutes would be a 60 percent effort yeah so or something like that would be a different yeah way. and running you work off your running paces i think rowing you can work off watts as well yeah. so watts per kilo or not watts per kilo just standard watts yeah um and check out your 20 minute ftp test on any kind of machine that has watts on it so then you can use that to determine which zone you're working in in yeah. theory based on percentages Throw of that whatever into a bit of a you're using. sick all right so that's how you know what zone you're in that's how you track it let's go through the benefits and Particularly looking at zone two and the benefits of mm. zone two and the effects it has on the other zones. What would you say is the main benefit of zone two training? So let's say <coughs> zone two, the biggest thing is building up mitochondrial in the muscle. Mm. So building up your mitochondrial density and the mitochondria in the muscle is what gives the muscle the energy. So when you train in zone two, that's where you're going to build up the most mitochondrial in that easy, easy state, running, rowing, cycling, whatever you're doing. Yeah. Um, at the end of zone two, at the very top of zone two, that's when you get into like your first lactic threshold or not threshold, first lactic, yeah, threshold, I suppose we call it. So you've kind of got two. So at the end of zone two is where you get into your first one. And once you pass that, what you do, once you enter into zone three is you start accumulating lactate, lactate in the muscle, you know, building it up and up and up. And if you spend a lot of your time in zone three, which is where people tend to float to, They've built up loads of this lactate in the muscle, loads and loads and loads. And then after their workout, it'll have a little bit of effect on their hormones. And they're still going to be, even though they don't notice it, they'll be in like a fight or flight state where their body still knows that, you know, this isn't right. I need to flush this out, you know. So their body is a bit more conscious. They're still in a sympathetic nervous system. So they're still in go mode without coming out of it. Yeah, without coming out of it. Whereas you finish your zone two stuff. And if you've stayed in your zone two the whole time, you can finish that and your body's finish with the workout when you're done and it doesn't need to do any work and you're not in your fight or flight state and it can relax and get ready for your next session and it doesn't even need any recovery time really you know you don't need to recover from a zone two so that way you can also get more training in i i maybe that's why that's a good point is i we so i do zone two like once or twice a week or try yeah. to anyway and I say, I've said this to people is I love doing zone two stuff because I literally finish, feel like when I finish zone two, that workout, mm. so say I'm doing 45 minutes of different machines for, for a zone two pace for 45 minutes and I finish and within like 10 minutes, I literally feel like I'm fitter than I was 45 minutes ago. And I think that could, that's one of the reasons why is you haven't built up this need to recover from it. So you've only made progress. There's nothing to set you back mm. for them for you to have to recover them. You haven't built up any. And I... And it's probably not an actual physiological thing happening in my body where it's like, oh, you're 1% for now. But I just feel like I can breathe better. I feel like my muscles are 
ready to go again and do anything else the next day. I don't feel like, oh, my legs are sore or tired from that. I literally feel like I've made a physical, like I've moved the needle. Yeah. Like I literally look at, oh, my fitness is like 75%. Now it's 76% because I did that, that one session. Winning. Literally. And that's like another big massive benefit of it is that you feel great after your body doesn't feel like it needs to recover or anything mm -hmm. like that. So then in the endurance world, usually you tend to do most of your training in zone two in that easy state. So then when you get to your zone four and zone five and work on your speed work, you can give enough effort into your speed work to elicit a, a response from the speed work and get your speed a little bit faster over time and stuff like that. So um, we'll say like the zone two helps you build up your mitochondrial density. The zones four and five helps you become more efficient at using that mitochondria that you built up. So that's when you're doing your absolute speed work and you can't do your absolute speed work if your body is still recovering oh, yeah. from a zone three effort. And that's where in those higher zones is that's where you practice getting more efficient at turning that uh, ATP into or converting into ATP to create muscle contractions and more speed work. Like yeah. You said. So yeah, you just get really efficient at the higher speeds and the higher tempos that you're doing hmm. and your body can work at those speeds the way it's supposed to without having like pre-fatigue already set in there. So that's that's quite, I said we weren't going to go too sciencey, but that's pretty sciencey. I like, I like that. Yeah, that's yeah that was pretty cool, yeah. That was good. <laughs> that was sick. Um, <laughs> Won't go too much further than that. I mean, we could if you want to. Uh, no, no, I'll, I'll leave that off. We'll leave that there. I haven't um, read enough books. I think the, the other couple of benefits is like just simpler benefits to that is um, spending more time in that training zone will build like a better aerobic base, uh, which is gonna give you a better base of endurance. And then I literally think of it like a pyramid, is if you look at the base of a pyramid, if you build like a really strong foundation of aerobic fitness, it then makes it easier to build stuff on. So if, yeah. you, if you want to be doing like fast fitness or like, so if I look at 45 minutes of bike row run stuff, it's gonna build a really good base. Mm energy system for me to then layer on top really hard fast high yeah. pace skill stuff and if i develop a stronger base of endurance i have more like there's more forgiveness when i get tired in the workout if i have a better level of endurance i'm not going to get as tired as quick so then my my uh my movement patterns i'm going to break down as early and i'm going to do more work at higher intensity and i'm going to get a better response from being able to do more of those yeah definitely so if i if i have this nice strong base and then on top of that i layer in like heavy strength work and I don't get tired by my the end of my five sets of five, the quality of my movement at the back of my five sets of five are gonna be higher. So I'm gonna have better strength response from that because of the bigger uh, endurance base. And on top of that, I can put in like fast thrusters and I'm not gonna get as gassed out as quick. So my movement's not gonna come sloppy so I can do more work without getting as tired. And then on top of that is really high complex things like muscle ups or handstand walks, put that on top of that. And when I'm not hitting failure or not, getting tired during workouts, I'm able to hit on a bigger set or longer handstand walks at better quality because I've got that nice big endurance Definitely. base. And that's where you see a lot of people, people who don't um, pay attention to the zone two stuff or don't do enough zone two stuff and just do high CrossFit stuff, tend to blow up really easy and the, the end of their workouts look really shit compared to the start of their workouts. Massive. Whereas you take someone who has a good endurance base, the back of their session looks very similar to the front of their session. Like, Definitely. I don't have, so for me, I've had to put a lot of effort in and this is probably why I enjoy the endurance, the zone two stuff so much because I get a lot of benefit from it because I'm not so enduring. And if you look at like the tendency to be a heavier, more powerful 
some uh, athlete, you've probably got more zone two fibers than zone one fibers like fast switch, slow twitch. So you're not gonna be as enduring. And then I'm probably on the more powerful scale. So I like anything less than three minutes, anything heavy. I don't like long, slow, repetitive, like that yeah, stuff kills me. I'm in the same boat. So I've been putting a lot of effort into trying to get better at this stuff, even if it comes at the expense of the powerful stuff. But I feel like that's really useful for me to work on my endurance to allow me to still keep the power stuff, but also like that workout today we just did, thrusts and burpees, my, even on, I videoed it and the first set of thrusters and burpees, fast, great, the last set of burpees were a fucking mess and it's because I don't have the endurance to be able to keep the movement quality across. Whereas you look at M, who is very enduring, like her first set of thrusters look like her last set of thrusters. Yeah. You did well in I that I did though. beat her though. You, you did well in that, especially because your first round, so three, work, three, three separate workouts basically, each workout had the same amount of work in it. Mm. Your first set took you so long. Your second set took you 10 seconds slower. And your third set took you 10 seconds slower again. Yeah. That's pretty close between first and last. Yeah. And Even though things didn't look as good. Yeah. And I think that was more so just because, again, this is like super geeky CrossFit stuff. But when you do 10, 10, three times, you have six transitions. Mm. When you do 30 thrusters, 30 burpees if you break it once you've only got two transitions transition to the burpee and, and between the thrusters but doing a set of 30 is way harder than doing three sets of 10 or oh, i broke yep. up 18 12 so doing that work is harder so to maintain that across is is fairly decent going but i think it was more just a the three minute break between and there is an element in that workout of it being more enduring but i think that weight and that amount of reps is still like a power output thing and when short you, hard intervals short hard intervals and then when you look at what crossfit is or movements like that whereas i would say that's more of like a mid-range power workout versus a long endurance workout even though for crossfit terms that was an 18 minute workout was fairly long in terms of in crossfit mm. world but going for 18 minutes at that intensity with the breaks between made it more of a power workout so then you look at like a really blended energy system workout so then it's a uh, light barbell moving fairly quickly but doing 90 reps of each movements across 18 minutes is there's an element of endurance and then what the energy system becomes is really blended so you get to actually tap into yeah it's still power and still a heavy strong guy can mm. still do that but then an endurance person has a, a shot at doing well on that because you're not really working purely endurance or purely power or yeah. purely anaerobic or purely aerobic it is just a big blend of everything which i guess that's what crossfit is yeah there was no really point to what i just said i just yeah, you spat it out. It was good <laughs> knowledge. What I liked a minute ago, what you said was uh, about the pyramid. I was literally visualizing a pyramid. Yeah. And thinking, the wider your base is at the bottom, the higher your pyramid's gonna be. Hundred percent. And that's um, I don't know if you know this. That's the why we put the triangle in the base three. The logo is fun fact. Base. So this is fucking genius, and we're not um. <laughs> was it like designers or graphic yeah, designers yeah, yeah. or anything like we just like made this up as we were going along and then base three is there's three points to a triangle and the points to the triangle basically it's evolved over years but the points to the triangle are essentially mind body and soul or fitness lifestyle and community were our like three points and that's evolved into different things over the years but the three kind of corners main, maintain its 
training and mm. performance, um, lifestyle, and then your mental health, and then your soul, your happiness and community, those three things. And with that pillar, we were like, oh, it's three points. Three points is a triangle. And it's a base. So the bigger yeah. our base, base three, the higher we can stack more stuff on top yeah. of our pyramid. And then we're like, oh, fucking geniuses. Geniuses. Yeah. I've, I've never known that. I know. That's the first time but I've been told that. No, you look at it. I don't have a show on, but now when I you look at it, you're like, like a little, tri- yeah. little triangle. And How long have I been working here and I didn't know that? And it's an equilateral triangle because all points are even. Not one is more important than the other. Well, you can't have that in any... Oh, you can actually... Yeah, you can have odd-shaped triangles, can't you? Um, I was going to say... <laughs> ob- obtuse. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, that's an uneven side of triangle. But an equilateral triangle is three yeah, points because all points are as important as each other. I was about to say something stupid and be like, aren't all triangles like that, but no. No, there's three types of triangle. Yeah, acute. Is that one? <laughs> Obtuse, acute, and equilateral. Yeah, done. <laughs> there we go. Primary, primary school math. I think that's math. I should be better at this. My girlfriend's a teacher. Yeah, you really should. Primary be school teacher. And you're also 26, 25. 25, yeah. Uh, not that old yet. Not that. Yeah, you, you just finished school last week, so you should be fine with this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Learned that about three weeks ago. What, um, talk to me a little bit about what you're doing with your training now, because last time you were on here, you were training for your... Triathlon. Triathlon. Yeah. Would you do the triathlon, eh? I did triathlon, yeah. Um, Broke my sub three-hour goal, which was cool. Nice. And then, <laughs> then decided to run 100k. That didn't go as planned. Luckily, that got cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that got cancelled. Signed up for another 75k, and then that got cancelled too. It's just not meant to be. It's not meant to be. I right? was supposed to be here the whole time training. And then That was a sign. So then you've kind of... And you signed up for the Ironman next month as well. Yeah. If that happens. If that happens. But you're super ready for that, hey? You've been training hard. Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, I've kind of... I've come back here and started ruining my body again. Doing CrossFit. Yeah. Which um, is fun to watch, to be honest. I like... I'm I'm really happy that you're doing CrossFit again because I've been doing CrossFit the whole time and... Yeah. It's fun to have someone to train, even though we're not doing the same thing, but I just like looking over when you die and be like... <sighs> good feelings. Good good for you, right? Good vibes, good, yeah. Good for you. Absolutely broken. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's good fun. I'm loving it. I'm really excited for the Open. Really excited for the Open. Uh, okay, we're going to... Um, ne- we're three weeks out from the yeah. Open. I think for the next three weeks, we're going to do a, a part on each of the uh, podcasts on the Open. Oh, yeah. And this will be the first one. Um, what are you looking forward to the most about the Open? Uh, I'm the least prepared I've ever been for an Open. I'm in absolute beginner mode and everything is ruining me, but... I love being competitive. I think la- we compared it last time, the last time we both did it open and you mm. hammered me in the open last time on all five workouts. That will not happen this time. I think I'll get you this time. I think you will. I, I fucking hope so. Just because I've been... I'd love to get one workout on you. <laughs> Just one. What would be the workout that you would win? What's like, when that comes up, you're like, yeah, I've got this. Um, well, I don't think there's any that would come up that I'd be like, oh yeah, this is mine. Got to smash that. Um, Bearing in mind, there's no rowing. Okay, I'm screwed. And no warbles. Is there a bike? No. That's They've not got very good for me. Barbell, a single dumbbell, a box, a pull-up bar, and a skipping rope. Okay, it's not looking good for me here. Nope. Um, maybe like a lot of double unders with a lot of box jumps or something like that. Oh yeah, box jumps. You're a monster at box jumps. I just like them for some reason, don't I? Whenever you work a workout with box jumps in it, I'm like, why so many box jumps? Like, because I don't like box jumps. Yeah. I hate box jumps, but you're just really good at them. So, so maybe that's why they come to my program more often. Box maybe jumps. they shouldn't. Um, double ones and box jumps alright that could be a thing um, I would love to see in the very selfish um, like an ascending weight which I don't think there will be just because the way they've set it up is uh, 
you could do it at home and I'm assuming people aren't going to have access to like all these different weight increments. So I think if it's anything progressive weight barbell wise, it'd be very simple jumps. It'd be yeah. like 95, 135, 185, 225, 275. If they did that for a snatch, I'd be happy. I'm, I think clean. I think it'll be, if, if they did that, it'd be cleans because yeah, yeah. again, if they're saying people smaller can do jumps, it at yeah. home, like smaller jumps in the garage, can't really snatch safely or whatever, I would just think they're going to yeah. make it more accessible, which uh. would be a shame. But I reckon I would love to see either like a toaster bar or pull up combined with progressively heavier cleans as they go through yeah. and bar facing burpees. I hope they do bar facing burpees every fucking week because I've done so many <laughs> bar facing burpees in the last like six weeks. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind that as well. I'd be happy with that anything without weight and I'm probably happy enough with mm. if there is a little bit of weight there, I'm fairly screwed. So I and. They, they, I didn't watch it, but I saw a clip. They did an interview where they said, um, where Castro said, there's three weeks. And someone asked him, is there going to be three workouts? He's like, there's going to be three workouts or there might be more. So he's done like a teaser and uh, yeah. um, part, a, part, part B. a, part B stuff, which again would be, would be cool because there's two ways you can do that. It'd be workout into a lift, part A, part B, or the first round is a buy-in with a different thing into a something else. You've got a full send on the first round, which I'm great at. So I'm done. Yeah. yeah you've you've practiced top. that every day. That's how I train. Um, <laughs> so I think that that could be a thing. And then have you thought much about the second stage? And I know obviously it's like, you don't, you just attack the first one. And I don't mean for you cause you're in Europe like yeah. me, right? So we're not like, Oh yeah, we're going like, to, yeah, I'm going to qualify for that second stage. No problem. Yeah. I've only yeah. trained for like three weeks, but, but have you put much thought into how you, do you know the format for it? Um, so yeah, you've got a, well, I don't know. I'm not positive on this now, but I think you've got first round online, three weeks, second round online, online. And then, so this and second line round is manageable for some people. Well, yeah, it's top ten percent in the world in your in your region. In your region, top ten percent. So it's like a decent chunk. And someone brought up a really good point. I think on a podcast saying that, think how many people are doing CrossFit that aren't competitive in the sport of fitness. So let's say yeah. in in Europe, let's say a hundred thousand people sign up, yeah. and then fifty thousand of those are like your nan who's your coach has said who does crossfit twice a week and they're yeah. like yeah do the open it'll be fun get more Community, people signed yeah, up yeah. yeah when you're actually to get top 10 percent in that is pretty achievable like how many times do you finish out of the top 10 percent in the world probably the, not many not, not many yeah we should probably go back and look at this and go oh well okay like i think my worst open finish was like 85th percentile or something oh, i think there was one year i didn't do half the workouts and okay, i was still yeah. top 50 percent or something like that so yeah ridiculous so thing. it's manageable to get to the second stage yeah and obviously it depends where you are like i think europe's a fairly stacked male region um yeah so i think europe is jacked europe is cycling <laughs> low <laughs> um then like same in america how many american males are there there's going to be like what a hundred thousand american males yeah. signed up in the open so if you know you're going to go top 10 percent, you're pretty comfortable it's probably relevant though like, uh, like i'm going to try i'm going to try go I'm for it top 10 percent in europe go for it l simmons watch out fucking coming for you yeah actually geez he's just, just after moving back isn't he uh and cookie as well he's in europe so take down the oh uh, no <laughs> who, who do you think is going to win in the open you or cookie cookie me or cookie um careful i won't judge you if you say cookie oh man that is so tough because like i know you're training hard at the moment and i, I see you training every day yes yeah, so it's interesting because i want to join in but i can't well not that i can't Why? I'm, a, I'm a wuss i'm not gonna join in yet um but cookie the man's just a machine and always a machine he could stop training for like 
four months like me and come back and still be an absolute machine. Yeah, it's really annoying. So, yeah, that fecker. Like, I've been on a diet for six weeks and, like, fucking training really hard, sleeping as much as I can. Like, hey, Cookie's got, like, a six-month-old kid or maybe, like, a year-old kid and, like, plays <coughs> football once a week, doesn't really do anything with his nutrition and he still fucking hammers it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put my money on you. Good, good man, good answer. And that's another the thing. Right answer. If in the next three weeks, we've got a feature on um, the open for the next three weeks and my obsession with Cookie. I think that's two weeks in a row now. I've just You've mentioned that you want to beat him. Really badly. <laughs> Luckily, he doesn't listen to these. So. Yeah. So you're slightly on the competitive side as well. That's not a secret though. No. I'm no. ultra competitive. Yeah, yeah I understand. Even that workout this morning, I just had an eye on M, make sure I stayed ahead of her the whole time. That was the point. I love competition. Which is good. Love it. That does make it like yeah. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that like you're going to be a bad sport in competition. It just means you love having a competition. Exactly. Yeah. It's motivating. Like, I don't care if I win or lose. It's just fun yeah. to try and race against somebody. Because if you're going to go out there and put yourself through like thrusters and burpees, like an absolute ring of a workout like that, for any other reason other than trying to beat people or just go as fast as you can, then you're an idiot. Like, why would you like if you want to? So if you if you want to train because I want to like being competitive with yourself even. But yeah. if I'm going to train just to be healthy and to look really good. You're not going to go out there and slam your head into a, the wall on thrusters and burpees. Yeah, you're not going to ruin your life and that oh, workout. Are you're you? going to come in and you're going to like take you're a little break between. You're going to it's going to be yeah. fine. But yeah. you want to absolutely slay yourself. You're doing it for a reason and that's definitely because you're competitive. Yeah. I think so anyway. I love that part of it. Um, I love competing. All right, so you've got money on Cookie beating you and me beating Cookie. Yeah. I won't let you down, Ron. Um, so does that mean you, me beating you as well? That would mean you beating me. Three out of three? I, do you know what I was thinking we should do? Go on. Do you remember they used to have, like, when they did uh, each announcement? Roe versus Baz. <laughs> yeah. We should have Roe versus Harryman. We, um, or Roe versus... I'd be up for that. We, um, we're doing it on a Saturday in here. Yeah. Uh, potentially. I was thinking about doing it first thing on a Friday morning. Yeah. Getting it done on a Friday. Cool. And then everyone else can see, like... Can see how you did it, how, how I, you broke it How down. I broke it up, how I fucked it up, whatever, whatever. Go Learn what you want from it, yeah. Yeah, and then if people want to, like... Try to beat you, exactly. you can go. So if you want to come down on a Friday and do that, I'll be up for doing that. Yeah, I'll be in for that. Um, what date is the first Friday? 12th. March 12th. Three weeks from now. That's the date of the <laughs> Iron Man. Uh, Good warm-up. Perfect warm-up, Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a pass that week if you want yeah. to do it on Monday that week. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. And yeah. we'll have a Roe versus Craig. Sick. Not uh, that I'm confident I'll win it, but, you know, the competition, I love that. It'd be good fun. I wonder if we can get Cookie out of bed at 7 a.m. on a Friday to do that. Fair chance. Mm, he's lazy, fuck. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a dark horse bet on Dave Canfield coming back and winning one of them. I don't know which one it'll yeah. be. Yeah, I've only seen him exercise once ever. He hasn't done CrossFit for about a year probably, but I still think he'll come back in. And He's, he's a lot like Cookie in the sense that, not naturally as fit as Cookie, but just very competitive. Yeah. Will literally do anything to himself to... Yeah, to win a workout. Yeah, yeah. That'll be interesting now because I've never... I think I met Dave once. Yeah. And he did a workout and it was a running workout and I was like, oh, wow, he did really well, but I didn't know who he was at the time. Mm. Um... And I was just like, oh, yeah, there was a guy in the gym earlier who did well in a workout. That's about all I knew. Canfield would do anything to do as well as he can in a CrossFit workout. Okay. Even to the point one year when we were trying to, this was the last year it was a team, uh, like, regional still, and there was, a, mm. there was a chance we were going to make it. And it was the 18, 2018, the workout into the clean. And he had a better clean score 
and then he did it again and got a better time on the workout but a worse clean score yeah so for his personal score it worked out better to put the better workout score and in the worst yeah. clean score for the team it would have been better to put the work the lift in and the worst workout and he went with the one that was better oh. for himself so his leaderboard score is better <laughs> fucked his team over Fucking just so you dick <laughs> <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> yeah, he'll listen to this. Does he? Well, yeah, I'll make sure he listens to this. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying to set up. He'll probably listen to this and be like, that fucking prick. I'm going to come in and smash him in the open. Definitely. Uh, Canfield and Jordan, I'm trying to set up a workout against those guys. Maybe I can set up Canfield versus Rowan and see. Rowan versus Canfield. Yeah. Speaking Golf. of competitions. <laughs> Golf this weekend. Oh, Talk yes. Of, in fact, actually, because of the... The timeline, this is Thursday today, golf's tomorrow, this will come out on Sunday, so it's already happened, so... Will I just tell you who's the best? Yeah. No? Yeah. Uh, Adele. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, Adele's going to blast all of us. But, okay, I know very little about golf. Mm. Do you think there's any chance that, because of the size of Adele and her golf skill, will be better than someone who has, like, way less skill but has way more size? Is there um, a chance? Well, like... If we're going for a long drive, somebody who's bigger than Adele is going to be able to hit it further. But we're just talking if they about get a good total points. And top golf, is it further away more points um, No, no, no. So I think top golf is accuracy. So do you know the way they've got the different holes lit yeah. up all around the course? Yeah. So I think if you get it into the hole, you get points. So it doesn't matter how far away it is. So there's no point in you taking a big massive swing, hitting it and it hitting nah, the back fence because you're not going to get any points. I don't think. Right. Someone told me, though, you do get points if you hit a far, but... I think if you take a big massive wind up the ball could go left it could go right it could go in, do you know and you get now. whereas I think she's going to consistently hit it straight alright so Adele's going to win uh, yeah maybe Oliver will do well Oliver Ritz yeah because I've heard he plays golf or he did play golf who's okay and then everyone else will do good at drinking and <laughs> who's going to lose who's going to be the worst oh uh, Wall Wall I think, no, I think Waller beat Slug. Slug, I'm sorry. I think you're going to mm. get bad on this one. Just because she's like, I've never played golf before. I'm like, oh, you're going to get fucked then. Uh, that'll be funny. But never know. She might be a natural. Might yeah, maybe. There's some power in that. That'll be fun. Uh, I predict that I'm going to do horribly. I think mm. I connect with like one in four swings. So a lot of time just airballing and then. Mm. Fresh air. Fresh air. And then. I'll hit an absolute belter and then that won't happen for another that, four yeah. shots. Well, look, there'll be food as well, so I'm sure you'll be good at the food. Nailing the food. Yeah. Uh, we're training Hitting until literally one thirty, and then rolling over to golf, so. You'll need the food. There you go. All right, and then last thing I want to talk about is, we were just saying this earlier about how it's frustrating when people are really shit. When they're shit or shit people? Uh, no, we don't have any, any shit people in here. It's just people who... Who are shit. Act shit sometimes. Yeah, like when someone's like, oh, my shoulder really hurts. I was like, oh, well, you could probably do this thing. Um, and that will definitely help. And then they'll come in, but oh, my shoulder still hurts. So have you been doing the thing? Like, nah. Like, well, mm. you can teach a man to fish. Interesting one. Yeah. My one's when you s- explain the workout to everyone. <laughs> this is the workout. <laughs> okay, guys. If you're paying attention, like, you know, I mean, uh, just literally, I'm going to talk for two minutes and then you get to exercise for the other fucking 58, okay? For this two minutes, pay the fuck attention. All right, so, guys, what we're going to do, five push-ups and five sit-ups. Okay, go. And then everyone will start and someone will say, how many push-ups? And I'll say, five. And they'll finish the five push-ups and I'll say, how many sit-ups? And I will say... 
five. The only thing worse than that is when they come to you on round three and they're like, how many pushes? <laughs> what do you do for the first two rounds? <laughs> oh, well. Or like mid-workout, people come and look at the board again. I'm like, you've been going for 10 minutes. What do you do for the first 10 minutes? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's pet peeve. Is that what you call it? Pet peeve? pet peeve? Yeah. Um, yeah. And just asking for the sake of asking. Like, yeah. you know, so that's just my one annoying one. But luckily, we've got like 99% of our members are clued in. If they don't know, they'll just do as many reps as the person next to them. I think, and there we go, problem I, solved. I think we're very fortunate. We've got a very good, we do a very good member base. Where it's like, I said, for the large majority, people are experienced. People know what they're doing. So yeah. it is. I've like worked in gyms before where it's literally like, Jim has no idea what's going on. And yeah, we like the members do come in with a lot of respect as well. Yeah, they come like ninety nine point nine percent of the time they're on time. When you're giving your brief, they all listen. They don't talk while you're giving your brief. And when you give them feedback, they take it on board, you know? So they're, they are legends. Yeah, there's very few times where I've been like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? <laughs> Whereas, like, in previous jobs, I've just been like, this, this is just bullshit. <laughs> you just give up on it, don't you? You're just Literally. like, ah, oh, just do what you want, lads. Yeah, so I'm very, I feel very lucky to be a coach here. I think we've got great members, and I think... We do have another two great coaches that kind of keep us in shape. <laughs> Yeah. One of my favorite things Ryan's ever said was like, can you imagine if we didn't have Em and Asher? This place would be full of idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you're absolutely right. I think that's, I think without the girls keeping us in check, then we wouldn't keep everyone else in check. And I think the place would be an absolute shit show. I think it'd be really fun. It'd be funny and fun, but... We'd get like, very little work done and the place would be a mess. And yeah, it would be full of like yeah. doorknobs. So re- really... Really appreciate you, Emily and Asher, keeping us in check because otherwise... And everyone else, you really should too because me and mm. Ryan are pretty useless at that type of stuff. So um, we're, Yeah, we're, we're a bit too lax, aren't we? I think it's just the male-female thing. I think females... Oh, maybe not, but I, I think those two particular females are very organized and very... Um, what's it Asher calls They it, don't so? take shit or they don't... I don't know. Miniature policemen. Miniature, little, yeah. Little policemen. But they are... I don't know. They just demand so much respect. It's mm. incredible. It's, it's impressive. Yeah, take no The shit. amount of respect that they demand... And then people come up to me and they're like, oh, I might not do that. Or I might. And I'm like, oh, yeah, grand, whatever. I, I don't care. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, do you, buddy. <laughs> whatever, man. Go, go ahead. Um, Whereas Em and Ash, I'll be like, no, you're doing this. And they'll be like, okay. Mm-hmm. I would like to think that um, from an actual coaching perspective, I think we've got a very respected coach team. I think our members really value the level of expertise we have gotten from a coaching and programming point of view. Um, which I think is really cool. And it makes our job way easier. There's a, there's, yeah. there's, there are, you are always going to get people that just don't give a fuck. They just come in here because they're literally like, I'm overweight and I don't want to be overweight. I'm just going to come here and it's going to work versus I'm going to come in. I'm going to listen. I'm going to uh, be mindful and present in the session. I'm going to get as much out of this as I can. Whereas you're always going to get people that are just like... Yeah. When make, we, when we send out that questionnaire and ask people, what are your goals? Majority of those answers were brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the answers we got back were really like, um, like sp- specific yeah. versus like I just want to be better at life and just it's like, be well, happy. Well, what does that actually mean to you? <laughs> um, so yeah, and again, we're doing the goal setting stuff with people and having conversations with people that have like, oh, I want to do this, 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 and this thing. So it's just like, well, awesome. We can set up a plan that gets you that thing. Versus like, oh, I don't want to be 
fat and unhealthy anymore it's just like well what does fat and unhealthy mean to you like what's the opposite of that and not and you know what i mean having like a yeah. specific goal to it so so yeah when people were like my goal is i want to be able to squat this weight or i want to be able to do a pull-up or i want to be able to do you know that kind of stuff you're just like that's brilliant that yeah. you know you've got your eyes set on that and that's a really good goal to have and if you work on that goal and improve that everything will improve around it and if you don't have a goal like that you can't make tangible yeah. steps towards making that goal so how do you know if you're winning or not yeah and you're just kind of there for the sake of being there yeah so if you say i want to do one pull-up how many can you do now zero cool well, let's do this 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 and we get one pull-up that's success and then next is three pull-ups next is pull-ups in a workout next is 10 unbroken pull-ups like it's mm. very easy it's like a create a plan set a goal stick to it and then also create the pathway to get to that yeah um that was a great tangent i like that one last thing i want to go finish on this is i saw something yesterday that started a huge conversation in my head and i really enjoyed the conversation yeah yeah you told me about this one there i was like oh you go jen you're chatting to yourself all day instead of chatting to people no that was a different occasion that happened oh. twice yeah um okay. craig enjoys chatting to himself i feel like they're the, the best lot. the best conversations i have are with myself this man has some fantastic conversation i, I can actually i can imagine you sitting at this table <laughs> Talking to the mic on that side and then coming around this side and talking to the I mic on this side the point back to back. yourself. Yeah. Uh, but this one was, I saw it and it made me think. You it's play chess, don't you? Yeah. There no, we I, go. I do play chess. N against a computer, I'm fucking shit. <laughs> I get beat on the easiest setting every time. But I used to play when I was a kid, so I know how to play. It's patience, buddy. Um, I, if anyone wants to play chess, hit me up. I'd be keen to, for, to play some chess against a person. Base um, three, chess throwdown. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Base three chess club. I'm sure there'll be people. Yeah, I watch Queen's Gambit, so now I'm just like, yeah, I can play chess. I'm going to start playing chess again. I don't have a chess board. I just play on my iPad. It's yeah, it's probably not as like... But the good thing is doing an iPad. If you've got like 10 minutes spare, you can flip it open and have a game in 10 True, minutes. True, yeah. I, I, take it where you want and just... Yeah. You can even take two, three moves and then come back and go back to it. Em, do you want to join in? Do you want to join in? Quick question for him. Uh, em. Go. You're in. This way. What's the quick question? I don't know. I thought you were going to come up with a question. Uh, best thing about today's workout well yeah and um, what was the best thing about today's workout um the best thing about today's workout was that i survived it good answer yeah good answer yeah. that counts happy with that my the best thing about the workout for me was that i beat emily on the workout it doesn't happen very often and usually it happens because I start too fast and Emma's really good at pacing and she'll just slowly catch up mm. to me and then by the end I'm like, fuck. But no, she got me too. Oh, well. Thanks, Em. Um, so anyway, this thing that I had a conversation with myself about was um, coaching versus programming. What's more important? Oh, yeah. I saw something recently about that. Some, I saw someone put up a post yeah, about that recently. Yeah, and I responded to that. And it okay. was, um, same, same and one, it was like, there's no such thing as wrong programming. Mm. Da, 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 da. It's coaching and it's your approach to the program, which in itself is a good point. Yeah. And, and my response was just like, I disagree because mm. you can have really shithouse programming. Like you can, there's people who write programming and like, that's a terrible idea. We do it sometimes mm. and I write that and like, that's fucking stupid. No one's like, and then I got into like, What's more important, the coaching of a bad program or a good program coach poorly? So would, what's what going to be more effective? A really great program with oh, a really a poor one. coach or like a horrible program, but the coach is brilliant. What's going to get more out of it? And then I was like, probably the really good coach with a shit program will get more out of the athlete. Yeah. 
Versus if you had like a great program, but the coach was a bit shit. Yeah. You probably wouldn't get as much. Then, then I was like, well, then that depends on the athlete. Because then if the athlete is experienced and understands their limits and can scale yeah, yeah. appropriately, they'll probably get more out of the programming because they wouldn't be as dependent on the coach. It's a, yeah, it's a really good, interesting question. Um, I think there's, there's like... So many variables. Yeah. I think ultimately it depends on who your audience is and yeah. what the intention of the programming is. So if you've got a bunch of housewives that want to lose weight doing a workout that'll look very different from if you've got a bunch of like games athletes rugby players trying to or get rugby strong. players trying to get strong yeah so you'd have like these guys would be doing five by five back squats into like sled sprints whereas these guys would be doing like split squats and then yeah. like body weight circuits yeah like it's interesting you can go very wrong with the programming but yeah. like as long as you're not an absolute idiot your programming can be like not great but it can be specific to well specific ish to what the person people and, need and i know people that have shared the same opinion of me but i'm of the mind that good programming mm. is necessary great programming is uh like necessary for games athletes not even for games athletes i'm talking about like general population stuff so oh, okay. for example like crossfit blah 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 who just does random shit for everybody mm. versus our base program for example which is very specific to the needs of our audience and i think it's really sophisticated programming and if you look at it across a, a one four and eight week block there's a lot of thought that goes into making it a really effective program mm. uh, uh, did you see that meme the other day on make what's great again the elephant sucking its own penis it's oh like when, I did, co yeah. when coaches talk about their own programming that's me it's yeah, me you, yeah i saw it. that's me um but yeah i think the base program and the way we conduct the program in here is brilliant for what it's supposed to be doing if rich Fronin turned up to the gym and that was his training for the day probably like cool what's next i'm going to do three hours that three more times because yeah. it's not enough but it's specific to the audience so having like good programming is necessary and I don't think you get patted on the back for good programming. I think every gym should have good programming. Mm. And we get patted on the back for good programming. No, we have great programming. And I think that's the difference. Yeah. So whereas me, I think if I was to rank them, I think coaching is the most important thing. I think you need, yep. and again, good coaching is the minimum expectation. You need great programming to be able to claim it's a service. If you've got great coaching, then well done. If you've got good coaching, you fucking should have good coaching. With programming, I think you could have great coaching and good programming and have a really effective program. Mm. If you've got good coaching and great programming, I don't think it'd be as effective. So we've, I feel we've got great programming and we've got great coaching because our coaches really give a shit and their experience and they put time and effort into making sure the hour that they deliver and we don't overload the coaches as best we can. And I think there's just set up to be a very good coaching environment. But I also think we've got great programming. Agreed. Definitely. Yeah. But the point of the whole thing was, I think there can be bad programming. You think that there, that there is such thing as bad programming? Yeah. If you have like dog shit programming and you've got a really great coach, yeah. I don't think people will get the results they think they're going to get. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. I, 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 when you put it like that, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I think like no matter how much you coach the shit out of burpees and air squats, no one's ever going to snatch 100kg doing that. Yeah, or even like if you did, for example, there was a, a program that used to run in a gym that I used to work out and I remember they they didn't, it wasn't a CrossFit program, it was just like a, a fitness program and 
the coach who was setting up the session, I was PT and someone, I saw them set up the session. They had a list of these laminated cards and they literally just walked around the room putting the cards down on the floor. And I was just like, oh. So I didn't think about the order exercise and it was a circuit where you're moving station to station. And then there was five hip flexion movements in a row and it was like mountain climbers, burpees, tuck jumps. So it was like mm. just like a massive disproportionate amount of hip flexion yeah. versus extension. So I was like, in itself, that's fucking dumb. And I'm sure there's other programs or like like other, and it's not even like, oh, we did squat so many times this week. It's just like, yeah, but if you're, you can squat so many times a week if you, if you want to, but then are you balancing that out with opposing movements that create balance to be able to elicit the response that you're looking for? And I think people don't understand or don't put that much care and effort into their programming to avoid situations like that. And that's when you create a bad programming. That's funny that you say that now. When I did my PT course first few, like five, six years ago, whenever it was, the first PT course, that was one of our assessments where we had to have a sheet with the name of the exercise on it and we got assessed on this. So we put each sheet down in place, um, just like you said there, you know, just walked around in a circle, putting a sheet down, sheet down, sheet down. Little circuit there, guys. Three, two, one, go, followed circuit. And then we were just like judged on how... What, the order of the exercises you listed out? No, no, no. The order, none, none of it mattered. All we were judged on is like... It, look, it was a, a shy course. So all we were <laughs> all we were judged on was, um, did we check everyone's heart rate before we started? Did we do a stretch before we started? Didn't matter what stretch it was. Did we do a stretch? Did we check everyone's heart rate? Did we screen to see that anyone was injured or not? And then we got like judged on our enthusiasm of coaching. Yeah, but then those are just like pieces of paper that get you through the door, right? I've yeah. got one of those. Do you know what's funny? I probably shouldn't be saying this uh, on air, but I'm not actually, I have zero valid certifications. My, I did a, I did a diploma, I did a diploma in exercise science in 2005, maybe 2006. Mm. And that expired a long time ago. And all, at the time, all the courses that were available to me to be able to keep that current were bullshit courses. I'm yeah. like, I'm not going to learn no. anything from that. There's no point. Um, whereas all my other courses that I've done more recently aren't actually recognized courses. I couldn't go and be registered with reps on yeah. what I've got. Yeah, it's funny. Last year when Soph was here and I just started, she sent out, she's like, guys, can you send in your level one certificate or something, whatever. Mm. Something was needed anyway. So I was like, yeah, grand. So I sent in my level one and then like a few days later, she's like, thanks for that, Rowan. Seems like you're the only qualified coach here. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Yeah, everyone else has run out or, you know, they've done other courses in between and... Yeah. Yeah. So, guys, uh, <laughs> qualifications aren't important when you're choosing your coach. No. Yeah, but again, we we are we have all been through the process and we are all have been certified and we understand you need to do that to get in the door, but it's experience. Like, everything, yeah. anything that I learned on my course, I mean, even things they learned on my course, I would actively avoid doing because it's stupid or dangerous. And all the stuff that you are taught on those courses, you don't use anymore anyway. You learn stuff from experience from seeing what works. I'm okay, I've done this warm up this many times and it has got people prepared for the exercise. I'm going to continue to do that. Versus if you read, this is what you should do for a warm up. You don't know if that works uh, or not. Oh man, that's some bullshit you read. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, basically, coaches aren't certified coaches. And, um, <laughs> but we're great. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Enough said. <laughs> All right. We're going to be that elephant today and say we're great. Yeah, I'm actually going to go find the uh, find the meme for Make What's Great Again and post it. Yeah. Because I think I was going to do it the other day, but it's um, a private account, so I couldn't post it. But it's oh. definitely me. Screenshot. It me. Screenshot. There you go, buddy. <laughs> Dude, thanks for that.
Thank you, buddy. That was good. Any closing statements for the fans? Uh, have a fantastic weekend. Come top golf with us and drink those beers. Um, this will come out on Sunday. Enjoy the top golf, and uh, <laughs> we'll see you. Guys, <laughs> we will see you next week. The top golf was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming down, and uh, well done, Adele. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, team. Have a sick day. We'll uh, we'll speak to you later. Peace. Uh, look. <laughs>